Good morning again, Lakeshore. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Welcome, Smyrna Campus. We're glad, are glad you guys are with us today. Uh, anybody connecting online, we're happy that you've connected with us that way, whether it's the live stream or you're listening or watching later. Uh, we're glad that you've made that connection as well. We are in a series called Together. We started last week with a celebration of Back to Church Sunday. We had a lot of people who invited friends, and they came, and we're so excited. I hope some of you are back this week that were invited last week. We're hope, uh, hopeful that uh, we can continue to, to get connected and, and uh, help you find a way to get involved. If you want to be part of the church family here, we'd love to have you do that. As we start out today, I want to play a little word game. You can help me out here. Smarter Campus, you help me too, all right? I want you to do this out loud. Everybody together here. There are certain things that in our minds just go together, okay? You know a lot of these things. And, and I want to say a word, and you say the first word that comes to your mind when I say this word. Things that would go together with this word, okay? I'm going to say a phrase or a word, and then you say what comes to your mind. Salt and Right. Peanut butter and peanut butter jelly time. All right. No. All right. Batman and there you go. Adam and yeah. Hyde and what? What did somebody say? Hide and seek. Okay. All right. We got to work on this. All right. You're going to hurt my illustration. Let's do one more, okay? Pros and very good. See, the list could go on and on and on. Things that in our minds we just associate together. But what I want to focus on today, when we're thinking about things that are closely associated, things that are inseparable in our minds, is what do people think of when they hear the word church? Now, you may have a word that comes to mind, but chances are we don't all have the same word that comes to mind. We probably have a lot of different words that we connect with church. And a lot of it has to do with your experience in the past, your association with the church could be positive or negative or kind of neutral, just doesn't matter one way or the other. But all of us have something probably we think of when we hear the word church. But what if the word church automatically spurred in our hearts and minds the word love? Wouldn't that be great? What if when we said church in the community, the first word that, they came, that came to their minds, people out in our communities, would be love. Wouldn't that be an amazing association to have with the word church? I, I want us to understand that that is God's intent for the church. We haven't always done it well. We haven't always handled things so that people have an experience where that would be the first thing they would think of. But I want us to think through and work on today the teaching we have from Paul that we're going to be looking at on how in our hearts and minds and hopefully then as we as we experience life together with others when the word church comes up that's going to be the association the first association they have 
with that word. Last week, uh, our focus was on Paul's message that together we can find peace. Today, we're going to explore this concept that together we can experience love. Paul, in his letter to the church at Ephesus, addressed this topic of how believers can experience love. Now, if you were here last week on Back to Church Sunday, we talked a little bit about the church in Ephesus. And I love this this study, this teaching from Ephesus, because the church there is a lot like Lakeshore in a lot of ways. It was in an area that was a growing, busy area. It was located in a, it was a town, a city that, that was very diverse. We talked about how Nashville's becoming more and more diverse all the time in the Nashville area. And, and the church was filled with people from a lot of different backgrounds and ethnicities and experiences and social standing. It was a blend, a very diverse blend of people. And that's a lot like who we are as a church, isn't it? And so these teachings, I think, can so easily connect with us and, and apply to us. And the church at Ephesus faced all the same challenges we face as a church. The culture around them was not very godly. The culture around them was not always supportive of the church. And they didn't always, when they heard the word church, think about associating that with love. They saw it sometimes as a threat, as some kind of a, a, a cult movement or something they were afraid of or confused by or just didn't care about at all. Just like in our communities around our campuses, people have a different idea in their minds when they hear the word church. So they were trying to figure out how to interweave their lives and and their faith in Jesus with how they could communicate that to that kind of diverse culture around them. And in light of those challenges, Paul gives them some instructions on how they could live this out in a way that would encourage people to associate church and love, the concept of love. Like the believers in the early church, we are a church committed to doing life together. That's why this theme together for this series is so vitally important to us as a church is that you do follow Christ as a disciple of Christ together with him and with others who are on this journey with you. That's God's plan for the church, that we do this, we live this out together. And in our independent culture, it's hard for us to fight against that desire to just do our own thing and not really connect with and do life with others who are following Jesus. So, so we are going to be reminded today of how vitally important it is to do this Christian life thing together with others who are following Christ so that we can experience the love of God in our relationship with him through Christ, but also in our relationships with each other. That's part of God's plan for the church, is that one way you experience God's love is through the relationships that we have with each other as followers of Jesus Christ. So, we're going to look at how we can experience the love of God in relationship together. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians 3, uh, verse 16 to 19. Let's, Let's read that again. Let's go back to it. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that you may dwell, uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love 
may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people. Listen to this. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <laughs> what love is this that he's talking about? Listen to that description. It's amazing. The imagery that Paul uses to convey God's vast, limitless love. Since we're playing the word association, let's, let's do it with this passage a little bit, okay? God's love is wider than, and I'm going to say blank, and you fill in the blank. God's love is wider than what? Ocean? Anybody have anything else? Wow. Think of all the things you can think of. Wider than... You're trying to think of the widest thing you can think of, right? Horizon, east to west, the universe. No matter what the widest thing you can think of, guess what? God's love is what? Wider than that. Wider than that. Longer than blank. What, what do we think of? What, what, longer than what? <laughs> Time? History? The line at the DMV? I'm trying to think of the longest things I can think of. All right. No matter what it is, God's love is what? It's longer. Okay? All eternity. Higher than blank. Think of the highest stuff you could think of. All right. Yeah, the mountains, the moon up above. The stars in the sky, God's love is what? It's higher. Deeper than what? Now, deeper, what does it say? Water, right? So we're thinking of the rivers, the lakes, the oceans, the, the deepest depths of, of the ocean we could think of. God's love is still what? Deeper than that. Deeper than that. It is eternally vast and powerful. And Paul says, after all that, there's only one way to describe it, and that is that it surpasses the ability to describe it. It surpasses knowledge, understanding, the ability to comprehend. That's what God's love is like. So if the church represents God on the earth, what should be the one word everybody associates with it? Love. That should be the word that everybody associates with the church. So I want us to learn. Let's keep growing today. Let's keep finding out here as Paul gives instructions about, about this idea of God's love and our ability to experience it and understand it and share it with others, how the church is supposed to fulfill that role. As we gather, we experience his love in tangible ways. We find support and belonging and acceptance and encouragement and accountability and strength from each other. That's part of experiencing this love of God. It's when we do life together as his church. Coming to church isn't about coming to a building or even a group. It's about coming together into this shared expression of the transformative experience of God's love. That's what the church gatherings are supposed to be about. And that's why it's so vitally important, as he said in Hebrews, not to forsake the assembling of the church. 
That's why it's so vitally important to be connected and involved together with others and living out the life that God has called us to in Christ. It's not supposed to be done on your own. It's not supposed to be that you're out there by yourself trying to get this right. We're supposed to be doing this together with each other. So let's look at three things today, really important in light of, of his teaching here about God's love. And we'll look at a few other passages too. Uh, I want you to understand, first of all, that love is God's plan for all of us, for his church and for the church's ability to connect with others in the world. It's God's plan. If all we do is show up here once, maybe twice a week, and we walk in and sing a few songs and shake a few hands, maybe even hug a few people, and we walk right back into our lives on our own, just, just surviving, then we're not experiencing love the way God wants us to. We're not. But the church in America has more and more people that just think, I did my time, I can check it off my list because I attended a service on Sunday. Got that done now. I'm going to go back and live my life now. I worshiped, right? I can check worship off my list now. But in Scripture, the lifestyle of worship is not just attending a service, a gathering on Sundays. It's a way of living all the time. And it includes being not only being connected to God, just this relationship. It includes this relationship and this relationship. With God and with each other. That is how you live out worship. That's how you worship God all the time. So this love idea is something that, that if we're only showing up and attending a service and, and that's it for us, then we might as well drop in at the country club instead. Or the PTO meeting. Or the local bar would be better. If that's all there is to it. You just walk in, and everybody says, Norm! Right? You see, those are all shallow levels of this. Very shallow levels of this. The danger is we're doing church on that shallow level, too. We walk in, we say hello, we handshake and hug, and then we go right back to our own lives with no connection anymore to the church of the body of Christ and how we live our lives. See, when we, when we experience the transformative power of God's love, we're tapping into the very nature of God. Remember 1 John 4, it tells us, uh, verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, but whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God doesn't just have love or show love. He is love. So if we are truly intimately connected to God, then that means we are going to be growing in our love. Not just for God, but here's what the scripture says. It is impossible to say you love God and hate your brothers at the same time. Now that word hate means just not to care about them. It doesn't mean you're trying to hurt them. It doesn't mean you're trying to destroy them. That's not what that word means. It means I'm indifferent toward them. You see, you can't say you love God and not love people created in the image of God. You can't. Those two things are inseparable in Scripture. 
And so if we want people to associate love with the church, then we've got to start loving people created in the image of God. Not just saying we love God, but showing it and how we love others as well. All of history from creation to revelation was born from and shaped by the love of God. From, from the very beginning, the way he created everything was an act of love, wasn't it? Think about his wonderful creation. Everything we need for life and life to the full and life abundant, God put it there in creation for us. It's all there. Everything we need. Now, we mess it up, right? Given enough time and opportunity, we can mess it up. But it's all there for us. That's an act of love. And all through history, all through everything that's happened, people talk about, if God's so loving, why do all these bad things happen? God didn't do those bad things. Who does the bad things? We do. It is our sin nature. It is when we rebel and get outside of the parameters that God has set for us that these bad things come into his creation. All of creation is under a curse, not because of God, but because of who? Because of us. Because we don't love the way God loves. That's why. People always start getting mad at God for letting those bad things happen. But it is human beings who've chosen to do those bad things. God is love. And if we're going to grow into this intimate relationship with God, it means our, uh, our desire, our ability, our actions of love are going to become more like His. That's how God wants us to be known. In John 13, verse 35, he said this, By this will everyone know that you are my disciples if you do what? Love one another. So we know for a fact that according to Jesus, the way he wants the church to be known is by what? Love. That's the association he wants people to have with the church. Not anger, not protest, not debate. What? Love. That's how he wants the church to be known in the world today. Not by our buildings, not by our hard work even, or even our successes or, or our happiness, or even our acts of service to help other people. Because you could do those without love. He wants us to be known by our love. Which leads us to the second thing, and that is a great benefit of this, is that love will bind us together. Love binds us together as brothers and sisters, as followers of Jesus Christ. It may seem obvious, but it's important to realize that love can't be experienced alone the way it's designed to work. Love, by definition, is given and shared and received between people. So you don't do this by yourself and experience the love God wants you to experience in your life. It has to be in relationship. That you experience love. Jesus knew that and he prayed for his followers in John 17. Uh, beginning with verse 20 he prayed this. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one father. Just as you are in me and I am in you. Go back and read more of that prayer. Over and over again he repeats that he wants us to be one. To be unified. To be together in this effort to follow Christ. And honor God in our lives. Christianity is never intended to be a solo activity. Ever. It's supposed to be life lived together. In connected relationship. 
as brothers and sisters in the same family of God. Now, brothers and sisters, do they always get along? No. Do they disagree once in a while? Do they sometimes fuss and fight? I know my two brothers and I do, have and still do sometimes. And I love them. And we're still, even when we fuss and fight, we're still what? We're still for brothers. We're still family. And guess what? We still love each other, even when we do that. We don't consider them no more connected to us in the family just because we disagreed on something. You see, that's what he wants us to be like in the church. Brothers and sisters, we may not always agree on everything. We may have conflict once in a while, but we are family and we do this thing together that we call the Christian life. We do it because we love each other. You see, you can't love God and not love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You can't. It is impossible to do it that way because everyone's created in the image of God. You'll never see anybody that God doesn't love just as much as he loves you. You'll never have interaction with anybody. You'll never contact anyone. You'll never be aware of anyone that's ever lived on the earth that God doesn't love just as much as he loves you. So if you love God, you have to do what? You have to love all those people too. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean you have to support everything they do. That's not what love is. Love is deeper than that. Love is not so fickle that it goes away just because somebody did something you didn't like. That's not the love of God. What if God loved us like that? Where would we be? (laughs) Wouldn't we be in some serious trouble? Absolutely, every one of us. But we're supposed to love like God loves Even with the disagreements, even with the shortcomings, even when people do things we don't like, we don't have to support or agree with that, but we still love those people the way God loves those people. You see, you can be physically together and not love like this. And churches all over the world this morning are assembling together. Some that are a different time zone way ahead of us have already assembled today. And just because we assemble together doesn't mean we've loved the way God wants us to love. That is so shallow to think that I've got this down because I attend the assemblies of the church. We've got to go deeper in our relationship with God by going deeper in our relationships with each other. How many people do you know that you can go to work with or family events with or school with, even the church with, but never feel connected in those places? Never feel like there's any real connection there. I hear people say that all the time. In this world of technology, remember we talked about this before, we were supposed to be more connected, right, because of social media and technology. It was supposed to connect us more with each other. And we are connected on a certain level with more people than ever before. I've got, I don't know how many, thousands of friends on Facebook. You know how close I am to thousands of friends on Facebook? I'm close to just a handful, right? I'm doing life with just a handful of those people. Instead of really connecting us more, what has happened is we are connected more, but on a more shallow level than ever before. No depth, no real meaning to it. Somebody unfriended me the other day. 
That's how deep it goes, right? I'm sure I said something that offended them. But I didn't even know them, so how would I know if that offended them, right? And I don't even know who it was that unfriended me. I just saw the number go down, right? Just wrecked my day. No. You know better than that, right? Because it was so shallow, it didn't matter to me one way or another, right? That's so shallow. That's not really being connected in a loving relationship with people. And God wants this to be deeper than that. This life of Christ. This walking out our faith on a daily basis with each other. He wants it to be deeper than that. So how can we create an inseparable inseparable association between church and love? How can we accomplish that? Well, uh, I want to close with this last point, and that is love experienced as the church. How how can we practically live that out and and make sure that that happens? Because in 1 John 3, 18, he said this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with what? Actions and truth. So he wants us to live this out. In real life, in real time, with real people, not social media. Okay? So how do we put that into practice? I want to suggest three ways that can serve as starting points for us to live this out and experience God's love together and live out that love with the people around us. Whether you're new to our church body or you've been here for years, these can be doors Uh, to relationship and impact and depth, okay, in your walk. We have a vision statement for Lakeshore. I want to share that with you real quick, all right? Lakeshore exists to connect people to Christ and each other, to grow people to maturity in Christ, and to serve people in the name of Christ. So there are three words. I want you to say them after me. Connect, grow, and serve. There you go. One more time. Connect. Grow, serve. You see, we have a simple pastor, so we have to keep things simple. Just three words, connect, grow, and serve. But if you can remember those three, and if you can do those three, here's what's going to happen. Love, relationships, the way God wants them to be, will be manifested in your life. If you just do those three things. So let's break it down a little bit. Let's start with connect. In Acts chapter 2, we have a record of the early church just getting started. And in verse 41, after the first gospel uh, message is preached, it says, those who accepted this message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. So the church launched on that day, the day of Pentecost, after the resurrection of Christ. It launched on that day. And on that day, they were connected to Christ, to God through Christ, and it says also, though, they were connected to each other. They started right away doing life together. So let's read the next few verses. It describes for us some things that were part of who they were, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. 
They didn't just accept Christ into their heart and then go back to their old lives. They didn't just say, all right, I'm a Christian now, and you're a Christian now. Have a good week. We'll get back together next week. That's not how the life of the church worked. They did life together all the time. They loved each other, cared for each other, supported each other, sacrificed for each other, gave to each other, ministered to each other, cared for each other all the time. That's how it worked in the early church. You see, love is the force that connects us like that so that we can do life together. Now, we can look at our database here at Lakeshore and we can see we have this many people connected to Lakeshore on a certain level, right? That means they attended, they filled out something, we got their information, and we put it in the database. Now, how deep is that? That's really shallow, isn't it? If that's as far as it went. So we have over a thousand people in the database who've only connected on that level. That's it. We've got a thousand more that are connected on deeper levels, but we've got that many that are connected on that level. And that's not the connection that the Scripture is talking about here. Maybe you even went a step further. You said, all right, I will, I will say when people ask me, what church do you attend? Late Shore. Great. Thank you for that endorsement. That's great. Thank you so much. But what are you doing there? Besides just shallow level attending once in a while. A service on Sunday. Is there more to your connection than that? Does it go any deeper than that? Or do you just like being able to tell people you've got a church that you're connected to? Are you connected to any of the other people there? Are you doing anything together with them? Are you part of a life group there? You see, we're going to launch some new life groups the week of September the 8th, and we've got a table set up in the, in the lobby today where if you're not connected to a life group, we can help you get connected to that. Now, some people don't know what a life group is. Well, friends, a life group is that place where connecting, growing, and serving happens on a deeper level than just showing up on Sunday for a service. Don't get me wrong. We love it when you show up on Sunday for a service. We're not supposed to forsake the assembly of the church. We are clearly instructed to do that. But that's just a starting point for the kind of relationship God wants us to have with him and with others in the body of Christ. That's just the beginner level starting point for living out this life of discipleship in Christ. God wants us to take more steps than that be more involved and connected with him and with others who are connected to him like the early church so the first step let me tell you if you've not already really made the decision to connect with Christ by by becoming part of a local church then you need to take that step now if you're listening to me online today and you live here in the area please understand 
I'm glad you could connect with us online. We have a live stream and we have these messages online to serve some good purposes. One is it helps people find out about our church that may not know anything about us and they can check us out a little more. Another thing it does is it helps people who can't physically be here because of illness or, or work schedules and they can't be here on a Sunday so they can connect with us that way. And it, and it also helps people. People listen to this message all over the country and some other parts of the world listen every week to these messages. And I'm so glad we can do that. But if you live locally here, just listening online is not the connection that God wants you to have. He wants you to actually show up and get to know people face to face and do life together with people. He wants you to make a commitment to a local church family. And if you don't live locally, I'm glad we can supplement your study and your, your, your uh, closeness with, uh, with growing and, and, and understanding Scripture and all of that by listening to our services. But I want to tell you, if that's where you stay for the rest of your life, that relationship will never be what God wants it to be with His church. You need to connect with a local body of believers who love Jesus and love others wherever you live. Because doing life together is what God called the church to do. And you can't do that virtually online. You cannot. It's got to go deeper than that. And part of the way it goes deeper is you don't just watch a service on the internet. And you don't just attend a service even live. You go further. You take another step to go deeper than that. You get involved in studying scripture together and praying together and, and caring for each other when there are needs. You get involved in, in serving others in the community and you do that together as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's what our life groups are all about at Lakeshore. It's about doing all that stuff together. That's the depth of connection God is calling you to if you really want to experience the love of God in your life and be able to allow others to experience the love of God in their lives, it has to get to that deep level of commitment. It starts with connecting. But then the next thing they did, right, connect, and then what was the other word? Grow. So grow is the second step. It's the commitment to grow. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. There's no doubt that the early church didn't just make that decision to follow Jesus and then stay at that level in their maturity in Christ. They committed to doing the things that needed to be done to grow up. You've heard the term being born again, right? They talk about becoming a Christian like it's being born again. And that comes from a teaching of Jesus that if you want to, to be in the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. That's a great teaching. Here's the thing about being born again. When we have a baby born into our families, do we set it on the doorstep and say, have a great life. I'll check in on you once a week. Is that what we do with babies? No. We want babies to be connected with care and nourishment and, and growth that needs to take place. And if your baby's not growing, are you concerned about that baby? Absolutely, because babies are supposed to do what? Grow up. And as hard as it was for you to send them off to school the first day of school, and as hard as it was to send them off to college somewhere when they got to that age or gave them you know, their first job and all that, guess what? That's your job. You're supposed to help them grow up. That's what families are supposed to do. Well, that's what the church is supposed to be, too, a place where we're not only connected, but we grow because we are involved in the life of the church. We mature as followers of Jesus Christ. 
So in the rough and tumble things of life that we all have to go through, it helps that we are growing together in Christ and we're encouraging each other and building each other up, supporting each other. That's what the scripture says we're supposed to do for each other. You cannot follow Christ without fulfilling the one another scriptures in the Bible. Love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, support one another. You can't do any of those one another. There's over 50 of them in Scripture. You can't do the one another's by just showing up on Sunday and going back to your life. You can't. But if we could do that, don't you think more people would associate church and love together? Don't you think more people would connect those two things? And that leads us to the last one. What's the third one? Connect, grow, and serve is the third one. Oh, man serving others in the name of Christ. I love Ephesians 2 and verse 10. It says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, don't get me wrong. You can serve solo. And guess who will mostly get the praise for that? You. You can just go out there and randomly just do good stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not an evil thing. But who, who's getting the attention and who's getting the praise and who's getting the glory for that? You are. But if we were to do it together in the name of Christ, in the name of his church, then who's going to get the praise and the glory and the honor for that? God is. And who are people going to be pointed to when we do it that way? Not us, but him. You see, the scripture says, do your good works that people will glorify your father in heaven. It needs to be through the church that that stuff is done. Now, that, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean when, when, when there's an opportunity out there because you are the church. So if you're out there by yourself and there's a way you can help somebody and you help somebody, you should do that on your own. But here's the thing. Always point them to Christ and to his church when you do it. Always do your best to point them there. Here's why I do this. Here's why I'm helping you. Here's, here's what motivates me to, to love and care for you this way. It's because of Christ that I'm doing those things. And I'm part of his church, his family on earth the church we point people to him you see it's working together toward a purpose uh, from meeting other needs uh, and serving together we we are able to work toward a common goal and that is to help people know and experience the love of God through us it's easy to let our egos get in the way because all of us really like to have people tell us you are so wonderful. Thank you so much for helping me. You, you just don't know what that means to me. Doesn't that feed your ego? And boy, you can eat that up all day long, every day. Make yourself feel good about yourself. But if you leave it there and never point them to Christ, never make that connection from that praise to who you are doing it in the name of, then you haven't, you haven't strengthened or expanded the kingdom of God one little bit. You see, our service is supposed to point people to Christ. And I love that you volunteer at an agency or an organization. That's a great thing to do. But are you pointing people to Jesus? Is that organization pointing people to Jesus? The church is the only entity that is actually the body and the bride of Christ on the earth. So what organization is going to help people connect church and love more than any other organization? It's the church loving and serving people that's going to do that in the name of Christ and his church 
We serve. We take care of needs. We minister to other people. So, in another one of Paul's letters to the early believers, he wrote this in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13. He said, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. I pray that we as a church here at Lakeshore, we've already, we've already done a, a pretty good job with this in our communities where our campuses are, where we're serving and loving. And people, when they think of Lakeshore, for the most part, think about a church that cares about the community and is trying to make a difference in the community. There are exceptions to that, but for the most part, that's how our church is known in the community. But here's the deal. The more of us who are connected and involved like we need to be, the more of us that are connecting and growing and serving together, and we're doing this together to, to give glory to Christ, the more of us that do that, here's what's going to happen. The more effective we're going to be, the more God's going to be able to use us, not just to get people to talk good about us, but to help people find the love of God through us in their own lives. And that's the goal. It's for others to come to know how much God loves them, cares for them, sacrificed for them through his son and gave him as the atoning sacrifice for their sins too. We can have a lot more people willing to hear that message when they have experienced the love of God through the church, through you and me. Maybe there's some people here today who need to take that first step of connecting. We're going to give you that chance here during our time of invitation. You could come and say, I want this to be the family of God that I'm connected to. But maybe you've not even connected to Christ yet. There's not that been that step of commitment to Him. And you can take that step today. It may be that you were connected in the past, but you've gotten off track and you've wandered away. And you've got the opportunity today to come back home to that connection with Him. Because here's the thing about Him. He didn't go anywhere and He's not going to go anywhere. He's still right there for you. And He still will welcome you back into that intimate relationship with Him by His grace, our sins are washed away and removed, and we can be in that relationship with Him that He desired all along. So if you're, if you're at a place in your life where you need to take those steps of connecting or growing or serving, we want you to have that opportunity. After the service, we've got some people that will be in the lobby at a table with our life group ministry where... Where if you want to go deeper in your connection and doing life together, it happens through those groups. We encourage you, if you're not already part of a group, to take that step further down the road of maturing your life as a follower of Christ. We'll be glad to help you find a group that works for you. But friends, here's the bottom line. Not God, not Jesus, not this church can ever make anybody take those steps. That's not the way God wants it to happen. He wants it to happen as a response in your heart that you have decided I love him enough to take these steps in my life. I want what he wants for me in my life. Only you can decide for yourself if that's what you want for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your love and your care, for the expression of love through your son Jesus on that cross. And through the establishment of your church on this earth. The church is here not as an option for Christ followers. It's here as an essential for our lives to be pleasing to you. Father, I pray that you would help us to be a church. Individuals that make up the church. That when people hear the word church 
and they connected in any way to any of us, the association they're going to have is love. My, how they love one another. How they love the lost. How they love Jesus. May we be that kind of church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.